This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. In today's consumer-minded culture, we tend to make decisions based on what's in it for me. Where can we get the most bang for our buck? Yet when Jesus calls us to serve him, he tells us to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow him. Let's talk more about that in today's message, Following Jesus Means Denial. If someone were to ask you what's involved with being a follower of Jesus Christ, what would you say? I invite you to stay with us and find out how Jesus answers that question. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's begin with prayer. God of all, once again we pause to focus and listen to you as we praise you in song and open your holy word. Speak to our hearts today as we wait before you. And let your Holy Spirit renew our inward parts, that we may serve you acceptably in our time and in our way. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning at verse 27. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. Jesus asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You're the Christ. And Jesus strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. Dear friends, it's music to our ears when we hear someone say to us, I'm all in. We love to hear it as a response to an invitation to an event we're hosting. Someone says, I'll participate, I'm all in. Or if you're a leader at work, we love to hear that response from our employees about a project that our team has been given. Or if you've coached in athletics, that's what you love to hear and see from your players. I'm all in, coach, 100%. Pastors love to hear it from their parishioners when they approach them to take on a mission project or teach a class. I'm all in, pastor. Or a spouse uh, hearing it from the other regarding their marriage. Darling, I'm all in. Living life with you no matter what. I'm with it. I'm with you. It appears that Jesus longs to hear and see this all-in attitude as well from his followers, those who believe in him. We 
see that in a statement he made to his 12 disciples in our passage today. He said, after uh, describing for them what's about to happen to him in Jerusalem, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. That's a very, very high commitment statement. He says, deny yourself. What does that mean? And what does it look like to deny yourself? Oftentimes, I think we think of Lent, and I'll deny myself some chocolate for six weeks for for the sake of Jesus. Uh, That's not what he's talking about at all, though. What he's talking about is uh, to deny your living for your pride and your ego, renouncing your right to go your own way. It's giving up your need to be in control and putting Christ behind the steering wheel. It's surrendering your self-determination and replacing it with Christ's determination. It's putting your self-centered mindset aside, which seems to rule over us so easily, and to begin to realize that it's not about me. I have to tell myself that a lot. It's not about you, Steve. He says, take up your cross. Well, we know the cross was a cruel instrument of execution, representing suffering and death back in those days. It's what Jesus died upon, as he died for our sins, isn't it? We know that uh, it was something that was horrific. And Jesus says, take up your cross? What does he mean by that? I recall reading a book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Christian who was martyred during World War II, wrote the book, The Cost of Discipleship. He said, when Christ calls a person to follow, he calls him to come and die. Someone once said, cross-bearing is a willing predisposition to the inevitability of suffering with Christ and for Christ as I follow him. It's basically a willingness to take a hit for Jesus, no matter what. A willingness to step up and speak up and stand up for him and his kingdom cause, even if it might be something that's uncomfortable, even if it might mean literally death. Here's a fact, folks. A cross will come our way as a direct result of our choice to serve Christ that way. The cross of loneliness might come your way as people shun you for being too religious or the cross of ridicule as someone says to you, you believe in that stuff? I thought you were smarter than that. Or the cross of rejection or heartbreak over others or the cross of inconvenience or uncomfortable situations, sacrificing time and personal resources to carry out the mission of serving that cause of Jesus Christ in your little sphere of influence. That cross is loving the unlovable who won't love you back sometimes. I'm reminded of A woman, friend of mine, Nancy, who takes care of an elderly woman who's a tough cookie. And she's hard on Nancy. Nancy doesn't get a penny for this, but she takes care of all of her daily needs. She's over there all the time, on call for her. 
She senses a call to do this ministry, and it's inconvenient and it's irritating as can be sometimes. But she's determined Christ wants her to do this. She takes up her cross daily and gives herself away to this person. It's maybe telling someone about the difference Christ makes in your life and then experience a a sudden distance at work from others who now see you as a religious nut with an agenda. Taking up your cross is not just a once and for all thing. It's a daily thing. It's fighting the good fight daily and running the good race daily, serving Jesus. Each day praying, I'm yours, Jesus. Use me today as you see fit. It means checking in with yourself constantly. Who and what am I really living for today? And it's a daily dying. It's dying to your own selfish ambitions and desires and living for Jesus Christ as he becomes your new identity. C.S. Lewis, great Christian writer of the last century, wrote in his classic book, Mere Christianity, Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and there. I want to have the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the tooth or crown it or stop it, but to have it out. Hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think are innocent as well as the ones you think are wicked, the whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. And Jesus says finally, and follow me. I think he emphasized me. Not the other way around. We get it mixed up these days. Jesus didn't come to be our butler or genie or to follow us. We're to follow his lead, his ways. Maybe the modern church is to blame for this mix-up in people's minds. After all, the cross and this denial stuff doesn't market well with a consumer-minded people whose number one question is, what's in it for me? But that's what Jesus said. Follow me, the cross-bearer, the servant, the denier of self. And he says, anyone who saves his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. That's a promise. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it, will have life abundant, a saved life, an eternal life, and an abundant, exciting life. You've seen the bumper sticker, he who dies with the most toys wins. Wrong! I saw another bumper sticker that says, he who dies with the most toys is dead. Life is found being all in for Jesus Christ. Now, I found that there are some things that hold people back from jumping all in with Jesus. And you probably know some of these things. There's the fear of giving up control of your life. Where will he lead me? This could be an uncomfortable thing and inconvenient. What could happen to me? We want to be in control of our lives. It might be boring, but at least we know it's safe. Or there's 
the me, myself, and I factor. I want to live for me. Life is about me. Denial? Cross? No way. Don't you know the song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun? I think that's asking too much, Jesus. It'll wreck my life and my dreams. I'm thinking about the story of the rich young ruler as I read this passage of Jesus, who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit life? And Jesus says, you know the commandments. And the guy said, I've kept them all. And Jesus looked at him lovingly and said, you lack but one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And what happened? The man walked away sad because he had very many possessions. Me, myself, and I. For many, it's a faith issue. Can I trust Jesus on this promise that losing life will lead to life, a saved life? Let me remind you, if you're wondering that, who's asking this? Who's making the ask to be all in? He says of himself, the son of man will suffer many things and be rejected and killed and on the third day be raised. In fact, he must suffer many things. The son of man... Jesus talking about himself, his favorite title for himself. He's the Messiah, the one from God. Must, must suffer, must die. It's necessary. Your sins and mine must be covered over. The separation between God and humankind must be bridged. Sin must be paid for once and for all. There was a great suffering for that, as Jesus said at the cross. And there was wholehearted, mean-spirited rejection of Jesus, just as he said. And he died on that cross a miserable death to pay for your sin. In other words, Jesus was all in for you, and he still is, as he makes you this promise. And he also says in that statement, and I'll be raised. He rose again. Resurrection means everything is true that Jesus has said. God has put his stamp of approval upon him. He's the giver of life, the keeper of life. He knows what makes life work. He's the way, the truth, the life, now and forever. There's no one like him. And this risen Jesus Christ, folks, is still looking for all in followers. So how about it? How about you? Would you say you're all in? with Jesus. Now, I don't mean, well, I believe in him, or I've said yes to him in my heart, or I've prayed the prayer, or I'm counting on him, trusting in him at times. I I go to church, I sing the songs, I say the creed. No, I, I mean, would your personal witness to others say you've jumped all in, that you're truly a follower, not just a fan of Jesus Christ? Jesus went on to say after this passage I read, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory on judgment day and the glory of the Father and of holy angels. Are you telling others about Jesus and what he's done for you? Or keeping your lips zipped for fear of turning people off and losing relationships? for fear of rocking the boat. How come? Would your behavior say you're all in? Obedience uh, to doing life his way, even when it makes you stick out like a sore thumb or makes you uncomfortable or makes you feel like you're missing out on things. Or... Do you find yourself being more like the chameleon? Just blending into the surroundings, going with the flow, 
Uh, do you consider yourself on call 24-7 to serve Jesus, to be a shining light for him wherever you are and whenever you're out there for him? Are you set apart for him, ready to go, willing to be inconvenienced or make, made uncomfortable at any time for anyone? Is your giving sacrificial? And does it say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm all in? I love that bumper sticker. If you're a Christian, don't honk. Tithe. Any fool can honk. You see, these are the things that Jesus is talking about when he says, if any come after me, let him pick up his cross, deny himself and follow me. And then of all things, he goes on to say, and that's where the real life is to be found. <laughs> that's a promise, he says. He says that in the end, it's really not a sacrifice. It's life. And it's a wise move and a life-giving choice. As we wonder about the truth of that, I can't help but think of a married couple in my congregation. They're friends of mine. They recently stepped into the world of retirement. In fact, they took an early retirement, not because they could afford it, but because they felt called. Because there's no sitting around with these two. They, they spend half their year teaching and discipling orphaned children in a children's home in Honduras. And it's not easy by any means. It's terribly hot and it's uncomfortable living. And they're using their own money to do this. But they're all in for Jesus and getting these kids connected to him. And there's a joy that radiates from them as they come back and describe for us the kids and how they're coming along in their faith and their growth. And if you were to ask them, is it really worth it? As I have asked them, they smile and say, are you kidding? This is the life. I reminded of Chuck Colson telling the story about his hometown in Florida Naples, one of the garden spots of the world, he says. It's an absolute nirvana for all golfers, and they all come there. They're all CEOs of major corporations. They retire to Naples, and this is it. 27 golf courses, miles of sparkling beach, the best country clubs. I watch these guys. They're powerful people. They're determined, but now all of a sudden they start measuring their lives by how many golf games they can get in. And I say to them, do you really want to live your life counting up the number of times you chase that little white ball around those greens? And they kind of chuckle, but it's a nervous chuckle because in six months they've realized how banal their lives are and they've got beautiful homes. And when they get bored with that, they build bigger homes and they're miserable. The object of life is not what we think it is, which is to achieve money and power and pleasure. That's not the holy grail. The object of life is the maturing of the soul and you reflect that maturing of the soul when you care more for other people than yourself i recently read a comment by malcolm muggeridge on his life he said i can say that i never knew what joy was and like until i gave up pursuing happiness or cared to live until i chose to die for these two discoveries i am beholden to jesus Jim Elliot one time said, he, as before he was martyred as a missionary in South America, he is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. If you get back more than you gave up, folks, have you sacrificed anything at all? 
There's an important word that Jesus uses in this passage to those who are listening to him today. It's that word, if. If anyone would come after me, it implies a choice to be made on the part of people like you and me. Consider this a personal invitation to you today, an opportunity. What does Jesus want? He wants you. He wants to hear you say with your words and with your life, Jesus, I'm all in. May you be all in. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the Savior of the world who suffered and died and rose again for us. Give us faith and courage to follow him faithfully and to be all in for him in your kingdom. In his name we ask this. Amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to offer your life to Jesus all in. Give thanks to God for your church and what she has done for you. Then put that love to work. September is anniversary month at Christian Crusaders. Our first broadcast was aired 82 years ago on September 6th in 1936, live from Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa on WMT Radio. We now broadcast on 25 stations in 11 states across the nation, shortwave on the internet and on satellite, as well as Imani Radio in Kenya, South Africa making us the seventh oldest continuous Sunday radio ministry in the United States. We're grateful to you, our listeners, for making this ministry possible with your prayers and financial support. We invite you to take a moment and visit us on the Internet where you'll find printed and audio copies of many of our messages, as well as prayer requests and other interesting and useful information for your faith walk. Visit us anytime at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us today, and we invite you to join us next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and radio speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.